perfect. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Cassidy from the Last Past podcast. I'm here with B. Hey, B. Hi. <laughs> and we have a special guest today. Her name is Honey. Honey, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, kia ora, everybody. My name is uh, Honey Hidemi Smiler from New Zealand. And uh, yeah, looking forward to catching up with you guys. Yeah, thank you for being here. This is going to be a fun little interview. I'm excited. So I guess we'll start off is, how did you find rugby? What is your experience with it? Everybody's is different. So we got to ask that yeah. question first. Yeah, true. Good. Now, good question. I suppose um, rugby maybe found me, vice versa. Yeah. So Ooh. I always started off in rugby league. Um, and, um, I played from five through to 15, actually, I was allowed to play till I was 15 years old. And then, um, lo lots of people were playing sort of rugby here because obviously rugby is the main sport in New Zealand or it was the mm -hmm. dominant sport out of the two. Um, but I was never really interested in rugby union because, um, here it doesn't, you don't start tackle to your 10, whereas in league you start right from five. So I was like rugby league all the way. And then um, when I was 15 and then I wasn't allowed to play in the boys teams anymore, um, I went over, I, I grew up in this really small town and we had like a careers expo thing for, for my school. And I went over to another town, which is a, big, a bit bigger than mine, um, Tokoroa, and there was this guy asking around for me. And I thought I was in trouble because he was like, I didn't know who he was and he looked a like a sketchy. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> and um and they were, my friends pointed him out like oh, what's that guy there he's asking for you and I was like oh my gosh what have I done like, so oh, I was kind of hiding from him and yeah. eventually anyway he caught up with me and he's like oh um I'm the coach of the another high school uh, girls rugby team and I'd like you to come and play and I was like oh no I don't play rugby and he goes yeah I know I've watched you play league but um you know I heard you can't play anymore because there was no girls team for me to transfer to and I was just going to go straight into women's oh. and he's like why don't you come and play uh for my school team and I was like really hesitant at first because their team was at their school was like our rival school and I was like I'm not playing for your school yeah. <laughs> um, but then I was like oh look I may as well because then I'll be like playing you know with girls and not have to sort of I suppose try a new code and jump straight into the women's scene so yeah. Um, so I went along to training and found it was yeah it wasn't too bad and then I played my first game and he put me at fullback and they like kicked it down to me and I was like oh yeah yeah I can run this back you know thinking uh -huh. <laughs> that once they tackle me you know that I'll just like long as I get it out of get it out of the try area sort of thing and um and they tackled me and then I like jumped up and played the ball and then like they just grabbed the ball and took off and I grabbed their jersey and pulled them back and I was like what are you doing like I played the ball <laughs> And they were like, come on, like, there's no playing the ball in rugby. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because so, when you say, <laughs> so, yeah, like, this is, you're talking about like union, right? Like you went from league. Yeah, so for rugby uh -huh. union. Oh, yeah, okay. And I got up and like played the ball with my, uh, with my foot. So I uh, learned real quick, um, had to learn real quick some of the rugby rules. But funny enough, this this guy who I was, you know, who, who pulled me across, I ended up actually playing um in the kiwi ferns my first year i was ever selected i was selected alongside his daughter because she they were both rugby and rugby league family yeah um but yeah his daughter becomes sort of like one of like my idols really like i'd heard Aww. of her but didn't really know her and thought she was a bit scary um but yeah when i first debuted for the uh, kiwi ferns she she debuted as well so that was pretty cool 
oh, that's actually really cool. Almost like a full circle thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. I have, I want to go back just a little bit because you mentioned that you've been playing since you were, what, five? Like, five. Very, I have like so many questions. Young. Yeah. So a lot of people that I come in contact with here, uh, most people come, like are transover, like crossover athletes from other sports to rugby later in life. They don't, haven't played since that age. Uh-huh. Do you think, um, like, how, how is that? Like, you've just been in rugby your whole life and you're not tired of it. You love it. You're still playing. Like, tell us about that. And how, uh, have you met people that have been crossover athletes that got in later in life? And Yeah, well, I, well, I suppose here, like with rugby being kind of our national sport, it's quite common uh, for, for, for girls to be playing from a young age. Probably when I was growing up, like I, I'll, I'll admit it was probably like, three or four other girls that I grew up playing with but as we yeah, as the age groups got older you know the boys got bigger they sort of dropped off and probably from like 10 to 15 I was the only girl um and it was always kind of frowned upon back then like you know why are you still playing rugby league you're a girl or rugby you know whatever um but now like with the pathways that we have in New Zealand um so many girls here like um it's pretty much rugby and netball for the girls that pick at school like I've just literally this week signed up my four-year-old niece who's moved in with us um into a team like so she's going to play under sixes um and she's pretty solid so um, oh my gosh she'll go okay so but yeah so it's quite it's quite common for for um you know young young girls to start playing at a i'd say probably really only i must admit rugby women's rugby has taken off ever since i suppose the sevens and the olympic stuff kind of kicked off there's a yeah. lot more pathways both, you know through sevens and through 15s yeah. and it just tends to be like one of the top choices now that, that girls are picking to play sport um but yeah I mean I've played alongside lots of girls and even interesting enough like my last few years I've kind of been playing and coaching and I'll, I'll coach the local women's um club side and you know come pre-season like I just get such a variety of ladies that come along from like your your sort of provincial or your or your international rep right through to a 23 year old who's given it a go for the first time you know so that's kind of the range that I've got to coach to which can be quite interesting um but it's it's really challenging in that as well um but yeah so you you coach and you play right how the last few years yeah (laughs) so I I coach as well what do you think, um, for me, I think coaching has definitely brought a different um, look to the game. And I see a little you describe like what things you bring from coaching into playing? Because it's like a whole different way of seeing it. And you see, yeah. yeah. I suppose um, the biggest benefit that I got is I could, you know, put myself on the field and take myself off whenever I got tired. <laughs> And I did that quite often. Yeah. Like I'm talking about club games, right? So um, that was what I always thought what was a bonus. But I suppose the shift from being a player to being a player coach is more around, I suppose, building relationships with your team so that they can, I suppose, differentiate when you've got your coach's head on and when you've got your player's head on. And that was the same for me too because when I'd run out onto the field, I had, I had to... I'd, I'd run out and on the wing and then I'd be like, you know, thinking, okay, I'm going to call this shot and call this play, blah, blah, blah. But I, I actually needed to trust in my leaders that were out on the field to actually call those plays. I couldn't run on the coach uh, on the field and be the coach as well kind yeah. of thing. So 
I suppose once you sort of differentiate that, and it, it took you know a bit of bit of learning and adjusting, um, but yeah, that was probably um, a real good insight for me. Um, it is hard to be a player coach, especially um, I suppose for me it was a real um, huge insight into all the planning that needed to go behind um, you know all the. <laughs> <laughs> extra work that the players yeah. don't see from the coaches in terms of like you know I couldn't just rock up to train and be like okay what are we doing today you yeah know, I was like, we normally just come up and show and on you yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know if, if the motivation levels were down and the team wasn't feeling it I had to come up you know with yep. ways in which you could adjust and you know team dramas if, if there was drama <laughs> happening or players you know I was like oh my gosh um oh, wow. so but it was it was really good you know real good learning I think you mature really quickly um in that sense but you really get um a, a really good understanding of what what it takes to be a coach you know especially when you're the yeah. head coach yeah so what's like what would you say has been your biggest learning curve with coaching or some your biggest takeaway from that experience and how has that maybe transitioned or reflected how you see things as a player uh, yeah, good question. I suppose culture is really huge for us. And like, so you, like what I, when I knew, say from one year I was going to play it and then all the girls are like, then we needed a coach next year. And they're like, please, can you be able to play a coach? Yeah. And I sort of consider and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, okay, I'll do it kind of thing. But right yeah. from the get go, you know, I brought all the senior girls in and said, look, wh what are our team goals this year? Because, you know, am I going to coach us to win or am I coaching us for development, you know? So yeah. I needed to know, Great, you know, yeah. right from the get-go and the girls, Absolutely. you know, we had always kind of been that third string, third place team, you know, or, or, we, or we were making finals and never quite winning it. And so mm -hmm. that year that I took over, they were like, we want to win. Like, we really want to win the comp. And I was like, okay, cool. All right. So that, this is this is where, this is the level that I'm going to coach at. It's cool. all about winning kind of thing. <laughs> so we set that down right from the get-go. Like, this is our, this is our team purpose. These are our team values, you know, and so because it was all driven from players, even though I was, still was a player, um, mm -hmm. but because I got so much buy-in from the players, then it really set me up throughout the whole season to, to follow through with that. So if I had to make some hard calls, and sometimes those hard calls might be, okay, yes, you're in my leadership group, but you're not performing, so you're standing down this game because this is our team purpose and this is exactly. our team goal. You know, and so it just and it okay. gave me the base to be able to, or the foundation to be able to connect back with that. And they were like, yep, nuts, sweet ass sort of thing. Um, yeah, so that was probably a really good insight. And I just found the more that I could um, put responsibility on the leadership group as well as the players, and they all knew the standard. Exactly. Um, and anything that dropped below that, then it was like, well, sorry, you probably won't be playing. Yep. And, um, yep. and, and yep. they got that, you know? Yeah. That's smart because now we're all on the same page. We all have the same goal, same vision. And if you can't perform or can't meet us there, then, you know, maybe this is not the right place for you then. You know, like there's, because how you play socially or more for development is way different than how you train and play competitively to win. Like those two kind of training styles look completely different. So I think that's so smart like to kind of just set those standards at, from the get-go, from the beginning. Like, hey, yeah. we're all on the same page here. <laughs> Yeah. we also like and it also because you've got wine from the players it makes it so much easier you know like even simple things because I knew I had to say coach and coach the training sessions and all of that sort of stuff yeah it actually gave back responsibility to some of the players hey look like you know this is the team yeah. you guys are going to run this stuff like this should all be player-led anyway 
but you yep. guys will, will lead it, whether it's just warm-ups or warm-downs and things like that. You know, even saying to some of my um, sort of, you know, if I had my first five years, like, look, you're going to run this next catch pastoral because they need to be tuned into your voice. I want yeah. you directing this. Mm -hmm. So actually giving them some responsibility, just give, giving them opportunities to lead within the group too. So, um, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it just worked really well. I think that's smart. I think that's so cool too that everyone was on the same page with it and everybody had great attitudes about it is what it sounds like. Everybody was very understanding. They knew they knew what the goal was and they stuck to it. And that's something else that I think rugby is amazing with um, teaching skills that you can use outside of it, like leadership skills, Absolutely, stepping yes. up, starting to like think outside of the box with things like you just, you can take that to your job. You can take that to yeah. school. You can take that anywhere, anywhere you go. It's so important that you have those skills and then you're confident in yourself that you can run something and you can do it. Yeah. yeah, I think if you start from, you know, knowing that everyone buys into the purpose and, and what it is that you want to do. And then so for me, it was then I had to go away and come up with a game plan and then, you know, also get their buy-in. Hey, look, this is what I'm this is what I'm thinking in terms of our game plan. This is what I'm thinking in terms of our training sessions, blah, 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 you know, and they were like, oh, yeah, and no, I think this would be really good. But also like... Um, you know, where I knew I wasn't strong because I couldn't I couldn't coach a scrum to save myself. I don't know crap about scrums. I've been a winger my whole life. You know, <laughs> so I was really honest with the girls. Say, look, I can't coach scrums. I'm going to bring this person in that can help. If, you know, give me feedback if you think, you know, he or she's helping. If not, then, you know, let's, yeah. let's, let's use the expertise that we have in and around us. Some some of the girls had, like, really cool um, brothers or dads or whoever that could help out as well. So, you know, acknowledging, you know, these these may be my strengths, but this is where I'm going to need some support because scrums are boring as shit. And oh like, my god, do you use teamwork to coach? <laughs> I teamwork? love scrums. Scrums are the best. They're my I love favorite. <laughs> Good. Well, I say that with a grain of salt because if you don't have a strong scrum, it hurts so bad. Yeah. So it definitely comes from like, and I think like the chemistry that you have with the girls that you play with, like. It, that is so important too like you just how you play and train together is like really reflects in how you play and compete together too yeah so. there, was, there was probably a line though like um you know I went from being you know really good friends with them and then again like I mentioned like having to put on your coach hat and having to put on your friend hat but you know with the coach hat you know having to have some of those hard conversations was always interesting and it always like really need to I suppose build myself up because you know a player that I might need to talk to around their performance or their commitment or whatever it might be was yeah. you know also one of my best mates but I think it, it only built um trust between you know that sort yeah. of coach player relationship and sort of said look this is me talking to you as a coach I need to catch up with you blah blah blah, blah. And, and it was always respectful in a way that you know sort of said look this is what's yeah. best for the team we always went on with everything like this everything has to be, be about team first so yeah so yeah, if that, you oh go ahead b do you have a question oh no i was just saying like those conversations are probably really hard like i haven't had to do any of that so but oh oh <laughs> good on you <laughs> yeah um i was gonna ask so if somebody's like interested in maybe potentially coaching what would be your top three 
pieces of advice towards them? Like what was some like suggestions or maybe some advice that you would want to give them to help with their coaching experience? Maybe they're either new to coaching or they've been in it for a while, or maybe they're kind of going through something or struggling some, with something as a coach. What would be your advice to them? Um, I suppose that the key to it is like staying relevant and, and up with the game and knowing like, you know, where the game shifted. Like sometimes you get people that come in and like say past players that have played, you know, five or 10 years ago and probably haven't kept up with how the, the games advance. And cause it advances like, honestly, from when I started to where the game is now. Um, so it's always, um, about staying relevant within, okay. you know, yeah. just, just the way you're, you're setting up your game plans and all your information that you need to know to ensure that you're, I suppose, giving the team and the players, you know, the, the best possible option to, to have a good outcome. So like education, um, kind of just staying up to date with things. Yeah. hundred okay. percent. You know, look, just upskilling yourself constantly, you know, yeah. just when you think, um, you know, like it's a scrum when you think yeah scrum the rules you know the rules change so often now you've got to stay relevant with that so that you can always kind of be one step ahead and I, I suppose adapt your game plan to, to how that might help you and your team and whatever your strengths are yeah. um the other thing I think you know is really important is always having when you're when you're the coach I think you always have to have um the players in the team's interest you know at heart kind of thing so yeah um, for me it was always about yes I wanted to achieve as a team but also how could I influence or impact individual players you know because because like I mentioned you know we'd have such a variety of players so coaching like a, a rep player versus coaching a brand new uh lady that first year in rugby you know is always just constantly yeah. knowing that I'm adding to their development um, was always something that I'd always try and check in. So I always used to like sort of have like individual, you know, sit down with them individually, say, hey, look, you know, Absolutely. What, do, what do you want to work on this year? You know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Get their feedback. And then I say, well, look, this is what I think your strengths are and this is what I think and see if they could sort of kind of like um, correlate so that we could actually, you know, so that they could build that trust with me as well because trust yeah. is huge, I think. And I think yeah, that, that feature that. like right there, that skill is what defines a good coach from a great coach. Like when you can individualize things like to each player, because every player is different. That I think personally, my opinion is, I think that's what sets apart just a good coach from a great coach. So I think that's great advice. Yeah. And I think it gives the, it puts the responsibility back on the player as well. Like when they know that you're invested in their own personal development, exactly. even though you're in a team setting and exactly. they know, Hey, look, I've just, I've watched that last game. And, you know, I've just noticed, you know, with your left to right pass probably needs a little bit more work on them. That, then they can see from me, look, I'm invested. I've pointed that out. And then it puts a responsibility on them to go away and work on it. Yep. Yeah. I, I love that because as a player, too many times you get a coach where they're just like, oh, yeah. it's kind of, they don't put you in or they don't play you and you're not quite sure what you need to work on. You can ask and they're just kind of like, oh, just it's a generic answer usually. Yeah. But mm-hmm are so helpful because you feel valued as a player you know what your strengths are you know that your coach sees that you have these strengths and like they're like hey I see you but also you're able to just better your game by working on your weaknesses which everyone has a weakness in the game yeah and I and I I think that's I love I love coaches like that (laughs) yeah that's awesome wow yeah so so I I think 
I think if there was one more thing that I would mention is like for me it was always about enjoyment like everyone oh, hates yeah. fitness and conditioning and all of that kind of stuff but you can make them enjoy it as well like Absolutely. I would always really try at least you know at the end of training I always like to just have a debrief to check in like you know if there was if I was working on the rack area and clean out or something like that okay okay what do we need you know I'd always ask for feedback but also if, you, if they're giving you feedback you, you know one that they're learning but also secondly it's easy to learn when you're enjoying something so yeah. whether I could I'd always try and sort of make it like game sense so like everything was always at game intensity or this was all sort of game scenario kind of stuff so that they could pick up the learning but also enjoy it as well even if it yeah. meant ending with women fun games or you know fun games to, to the Kiwi girls are oh can we just do like you know five minutes of just bashing each other you know, and you, you do a field like 10 metres each and it's just, it's just full on. Like my team used to thrive off that. I was like, okay. Oh my gosh. You know? I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. So what are, right at the beginning of practice. Yeah. Go in and talk. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, can you like come over to the States and coach here? <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some like fun games that you all do? Like that you've come up with at practice? Oh, just. Just like anything that adds a little bit of competition, uh-huh. you know, like whether it's like, um, you know, like the kicking softball game where it's like softball and they run bases, but it's with kicking, like, like they don't bat, you know, hit the ball, oh, yeah. they kick it or um, forwards backs always a good one. And, you, you know, you make it a competition, backs versus forwards is always a good one. Oh, yeah. Like, just use, yeah. <laughs> you just see everyone's competitive edge just come out. I mean, we play a lot of touch back here, touch rugby. Okay. So, you know, everyone wants to play touch rugby and then it ends up turning into hold and then from there it oh, gets yeah. to tackle and it's like, like, okay, now we're playing rugby. Yeah, I guess we're playing um, rugby now. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, any kind of games that just add a little bit of fun and even with the conditioning, like you try and sort of, you know, add a little bit of kind of hit training to some running and then back to some sort of equipment stuff, whether it's tackle the bags all the way down the field, then you get to run back as your rest and then you can yeah. tackle it all the way back again, you know? So you kind of want to, you know, um, add in games, game specific stuff, but make it fun. And anytime you say there's a winner and a loser in anything straight away, you know, oh, like yeah. competitiveness takes over and they actually think, oh, actually, actually we're working really hard and this is actually fitness, but they oh. forget about that because they just want to win. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know about you all, but did you all have like backs versus packs, like forwards versus backs singing competitions, like rugby song competitions? Like yes, against we did it for socials. Um, it was for socials. Yep. The other, the other teams, yeah. Did you have that, honey? Oh, I think we like do like skits and things like that. It was usually kind of like a preseason or yeah. Um, here in New Zealand, we have, I don't know, you probably do too, like court sessions. Oh, yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah. like the one night where everyone can go out. And so that's where, you know, backs have to pull out their skits and best dressed and all of that yep. kind of stuff. So all the yeah. fun stuff, you know, that comes with sport. Oh, yeah. The kangaroo court is what we call it. Yeah, we call oh, it yeah. kangaroo court over here. Yeah, yep. so us. So, so do we. And after every game here, like after a club game, you know, regardless of result, everyone has boat races as well. Yes. Um, so it's yep. kind of like a rugby culture thing, which is always lots of fun as well. Gosh, the rugby culture is just, it's awesome. It's amazing. Like I just, it's just amazing. Like I, when people don't play rugby, I'm like, well, you should, because you're missing out. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I was going to say, you have, you started out in league and then went to union. 
league is brand new here in the states like mm-hmm. we're gonna start playing it it's gonna be played what are some yeah. things you should keep in yeah. mind coming from union to league yeah great yeah, question. good question uh, to be honest with with the amount of rules that change in, in rugby union i find league um is a lot more simpler to to sort of catch on to if, if you're a new player to it like it's because we play a lot of touch rugby here too, it's it's pretty much that, except with tackle, and yeah. then you get to kick on the last kind of thing. So um, with league, you I find here that girls that maybe play rugby first and then say try out league, some players are like, absolutely, nah, don't like league, don't yeah. like it, that you have to run backwards, da, da, da. and other girls are like, I'm absolutely love league, I'm never playing rugby again. You know, because rugby can be quite dominated um, in terms of the forwards, you know, if your forwards aren't going well as a back, you may not even, you know, get the ball, you know, in a, in a whole half kind of thing. So that can be quite frustrating. With rugby, obviously, there's kicking whenever you want kind of thing. Whereas with league, it's quite structured in the fact that you get your six, you get your six shots at a try, and then you get, you, or you got to get to your kick kind of thing. And then, so the position can be kind of 50 50. So you get a lot more, I suppose, time with the ball. Um, yeah. And I think you can sort of create a little bit more in terms of manipulating the defences with with um, rugby league because you play left and rights. So you sort of, you know that you're up against your opposition centre who's, yeah. you know, and you're only playing down one channel of the field as well. So you kind of got your, your left fringe, your middles and your right fringe. And, you know, in, say, rugby, when you're, a, when you're a prop, you're just running sideways, <laughs> sideways. Wherever the ball goes, you're following it. Yes. Whereas it's, it's the opposite in league, like you just play down your channel kind of thing. So it makes it simpler. Also gives you the ability to work a little bit better with combinations when, you know, you've sort of got your left your left edge that you're working with. You can sort of start to figure out how each other plays a bit easier as well. So yeah, I'm definitely, um, because I've played league, rugby league yeah. all my life, I'm rugby league through and through, but... Um, Hashtag team league. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, yeah, but I mean, rugby rugby's a, a really cool game too, and I've had a pretty cool career with it. If anything, with rugby, I've probably more enjoyed the sevens, um, the sevens rather than the fifteens, just with the amount of space you get, and it's a bit more exciting, and yeah. I really enjoy the sevens. Yeah. So you just like to run, is what I'm hearing. I was about to say. You want the space, give the ball to you so you can run. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't like to run. I like to get <laughs> tries, but um, running is, uh, yeah, as long as it's short distance, I don't mind. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really excited about the potential here in the States for rugby league. I think it's just getting started and it's just about to explode. And like the growth for it and all the opportunities that women have here is just the potential is just out of this world and it's really exciting to kind of hear from you and how your experience with Lee because over here in the states it's kind of new so I'm really excited for it um and I don't want to keep you all you know YouTube much longer honey but if you have any else you want to maybe add or mention before we sign off yeah I suppose I'm really excited to see um how league develops rugby league develops yeah. in, the, in the states like I know you guys have got a, an international uh, men's team Mm-hmm. I think that's played before, but they're not, I don't know, I don't think they're involved in the World Cup this year. Um, but, you know, that like the, the Rugby League World Cup is like this year is happening, obviously, over in England. And it's going to be huge. I mean, it's, it's the men's, the women's, 
also the wheelchair. And prior to that starting is going to be like the festivals of rugby league as well. So oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, arms oh, yeah. and all of that kind of stuff is all happening as well. So it'll be great to get the USA women's team into rugby oh, yeah. league and you know, play on the international stage. Okay. Fingers crossed. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, well, thank you, honey, for joining us. Um, B, did you have anything that you even wanted to add before we sign off? I just want to say thank you so much for joining us and um, yeah. giving your time to be on our podcast. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me. It's been cool chatting with you. It was. I mean, it's always like for me, rugby is just just talking about it. I can just talk for hours and like hours. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, I gotta, I gotta stop it at some point. Otherwise, I'll just talk your ear off. <laughs> um, well, thank you, honey, for joining us on the last pass. And um, for those listening, if you want to stay tuned and kind of up to date with things and how the women's league is developing in the states be sure to follow the u.s women's league on social media all right thank you all thank you